Today in the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, in your week in IndyCar guest episode, we have that tall Ohioan drink of water known as Graham Rahal, second place finisher last weekend at the GMR Grand Prix. And I don't know, you got two races this weekend, my man. Are we going to be calling you a first place finisher? I hope so. I hope so. I certainly think, you know, I think we got a good chance. Last week was a really good sign, I think, for our program. Actually, the first two weeks. I mean, even in, uh, you know, Dallas, we, we were very competitive. We just couldn't get things started on the grid. But, you know, I think that our team has done a really excellent job of, of uh, finding some great stuff, closing the gaps a little bit. Last week was a great sign. I mean, you know. We were one poorly timed yellow away from really playing the right strategy card and winning that thing. So, you know, I feel good about where we're at. So hopefully this weekend we get two good shots at it. We're going to say thank you to the Justice Brothers, Cooper Tires, TorontoMotorsports.com, and Bell Racing Helmets as my cat Rosie meows and then jumps up on my shoulder (laughs) and rubs herself on the microphone. It's a normal day in the Pruitt household, Graham. Uh, why don't we kick off with our usual awesome questions provided by IndyCar fans. Start off with our man Jordan Darwin, who said, Graham, nice to see you running well again. You feel like 2020 is going to see you back at the top step. And I might expand that a little bit, Graham, uh, in noting that, boy, especially last weekend, what do you think? It looked like the Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan program as a whole, including the new Citroen Buell entry with Spencer Piggott. And the whole team looked tack sharp. Yeah, I think that we've done a really good job as a program and just being on top of our game. Obviously, we didn't show that at Dallas. We, we you know, we we made we made some mistakes there, a little bit overwhelmed, uh, you know. But I thought that we really responded well coming back. And like you said, all of our cars last weekend were very strong. Um, I really got to say, and I told him this, you know, Spencer did a phenomenal job. Um, I'm really proud of him. I I know that he's been around and I know that we all know that he could be fast and that he can do the job, but I thought, you know, jumping into a program like ours and everything else, he was, he was on his game and, you know, Takuma's always fast. He was right there. Obviously had a little bit of a slip up in qualifying, which hurt him, but you know, general suspension you know, issue in the race, you know, uh, unrelated. Yeah. There, so. Yeah. That happened a little later in the race than they originally anticipated. They thought it happened in like lap one, but I think it was lap 40 or just after that, that they had a little problem, uh, with the roll bar in the rear. But, you know, in general though, I thought all the cars were competitive. Uh, all of them performed well. Uh, our pit stops were very strong and, uh, our strategy was great. So, you know, to me, I thought that we, I thought we were right in there and, and, uh, you know, for a while it was looking like, hell, it could be an RLL one, two with Spencer and I, you know, and just obviously had a little turn for the worse there at the end, but still very good. And I guess to answer the question, cause that didn't answer the question to answer the question. <laughs> yes, I do. I think that we're, I think that we're, look, we're already close than we were last year. You know, I mean, last year we, we never finished second anywhere. Uh, and legitimately, now I say, like last week, you, you when you look at it, uh, you know, if we're racing theoreticals, which we're not, uh, you know, Dixon was 42 seconds behind me with both of us having one pit stop left. Without that yellow, you know, we are the leader by 25 plus seconds over everybody. 
um, the yellow is what transformed our race. So again, though, from a performance standpoint, we, we were there. You know, we were certainly very good. That answers a couple of questions about the yellow from our pals Lawrence Cunningham and Benjamin Stambaugh. Let's go to Lance Snyder and also Mike Stoops talking arrow screen. Well, as a guy who loves himself a good sauna, uh, I know you were super stoked. Uh, Lance says, Graham, drivers are able to make the most uh, subtle of sensations from the cars and use them to drive better. He said, have you heard anything about making any adjustments from the aero screen, removing the buffeting you felt before? Has that changed any of the audio inputs you've had maybe from beforehand when it was louder with the wind noise to change or improve your driving in any way? It's a really fascinating well, question. It, yeah, no, it's interesting because it, it is strangely quiet in an indie car now. Um, you hear the engine much clearer. You can actually hear bottoming of the car, which for a long time you couldn't. You know, there's so much wind noise and everything else. You'd feel it and in you, your butt, but you wouldn't necessarily hear it. Yeah, yeah. So it's just very strange. In fact, at Coda, when the cars are really dragging the ground, you could smell it. You know, when guys or even my car running jab rock and stuff, you could smell it come up through, you know, through the, through the car, which was crazy. So it's definitely very different. Um, it was very much sauna like last week, but I'm a, I am one of the guys that like, I, I, I'm, I'm all right with that. You know, uh, I, I like a good challenge. The biggest issue was, was and continued to be over the last few years, the drink bottle location. Uh, was just too hot, but obviously that's going to change for this weekend. So I certainly expect it to be a, a little bit better. Mike Stoops asks a follow-up question looking forward. says, Graham, there's a good chance the Indy 500 will be just as hot as last weekend's race in Indy. Any concerns about whether drivers will be able to sustain top, top level of performance in those conditions, knowing, noting the duration of the Indy 500, you know, the better part of three hours, any thoughts there? Yeah. Uh, and oval races are a lot less physical, so I don't think it'll be a problem. It's hot, but it's not going to be a problem like like a road race was. You know, road racing is – I've never lost so much weight in my life. Um, I mean, I just haven't. And, How much did you lose last weekend? I, you know, I don't know, but I am going to weigh myself, I think, this weekend. Road America is not as physical as Indy Grand Prix. Uh, obviously, I long straightaways to breathe and everything, but – for sure, I think I'm going to give it a shot because last week, you know, I got I got out and at at night I I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, whoa, like literally have disappeared. Um, so certainly a, a, a toasty one, but the the uh, the oval won't be nearly as as physically demanding. Let's go to Galen Puccini. Says Graham, you have any kind of different approach you're taking to this year? He also asks if so. Is there a big difference uh, other than the mustache uh, in what you're doing? Yeah. That mustache, by the I way, that think, almost needs a Twitter account of its own. Yeah, right. I just think I'm, I'm pretty, I wouldn't say I have a whole lot of a different approach. I, I think that the team overall is better prepared. I think we've closed the gap. And I think on my side, like, I'm pretty determined, you know, to, to try to, get ourselves into a, into a better spot as a program. And I'm pretty determined to get back out there and win and, and prove, you know, our worth. I mean, as I've told a lot of people, I, I, I'll just be very frank. I, I've heard 
about Alex Rossi and New Garden and all these guys enough. I just heard enough, you know, and people quickly forget, you know, two, three years ago, that was us, um, you know, and so I'm just pretty determined to, to turn that note around. Um, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It's not that you're not always determined, but I don't think that we were prepared as a team or had the cohesiveness as a team last year or the last couple of years that we do this year. We're certainly in a much, much better spot. And so I'm just really, really locked into, uh, you know, to doing a, doing a lot better job. Interesting form of motivation. And I like that. And I don't, I didn't hear any, and tell me if I'm wrong, I didn't hear any disrespect towards Rossi or Newgarden, but more a case of, okay, let me give you reasons to not talk about them. Uh, well, that's, that's how I saying, interpreted like, it. No, no, they're my guy. Like, honestly, I, I, Alex and I are, are pretty close, actually. Uh, you know, so I, it, no, I mean, those guys are, 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 have done a great job. They won a lot of races in the last couple of years. My point is, you know, that we, we, the fire is there within because I, I flat out believe, you know, that, that I'm as good as them. Um, I'll just say it. I really do believe that. And so, you know, uh, I'm just determined to go out there and, and beat them because that's the only way that you're going to prove that. And so, um, as, a, as I said, though, too, you know, it does come down. A lot of this does come down to your, your team. I mean, Scott Dixon's great, but Chip Ganassi Racing is also great. Your, your boy, Mike Cannon, done a great job. You know, uh, Simmons, uh, that whole group done a, done a great job. So it's, it's a lot about the people, you know, around you. And that's what I'm saying this year. I feel like our people are, are determined too. you know, our guys have all done an, a, a great job. They're extremely focused on what we're doing. Uh, you know, my engineer, Alan's come up with some great stuff. So that's my point. We're just in a better spot overall to be able to, you know, driver and team put it together to, uh, to, to be more competitive. What's changed there, Graham, from year to year, mentioning that last year it wasn't as cohesive? To my knowledge, there hasn't been any major changes in terms of additions or subtractions from last year's team. So is it just more time together? Yeah, it's time. You know, we had Alan come in, you know, and obviously with Alan, you've gotten a very experienced, very experienced guy. Uh, Alan McDonald, best guy very close with with uh with eddie and so on but obviously then you've got german and you got some of these other guys that work for us tom german that is and, and they'd never worked together you know many of these guys and let's also not forget and this this is not an issue to be clear but you know when alan was at schmidt the guy who fired him was pierce phillips who's now our team manager huh. so so you have all these changes right alan comes then three months later we hire Pierce. well they'll even tell you, I think that initially there was a little tension there, but there's not now. And all of that stuff has gone away. Last year, there were some distractions. I think they really hurt our program or got a sidetrack. Uh, whereas this year through the off season, the guys have just done an amazing job. I mean, everybody's working great. Everybody gets along great. Uh, you know, Alan has really come up with some awesome different setup stuff, different concepts. And then you've got uh, Eddie, uh, you know, Jones, who's been with us for a long time, but you know, Eddie's not only a great race engineer, but a designer. So, you know, you got him designing parts and so on and so forth. He's the man. The guys did a, the guys did a great job together. And so that's the biggest difference. Just purely time together 
you know, to make it all work. Fascinating stuff on chemistry, my man, which I try and write about uh, as often as I can, because it is the, it's the most influential aspect of what we do in motor racing. Yes, of course, if you have a tire, if there's multiple brands of tire and you have the better one, then of course you're going to succeed. But point being, uh, this is a chemistry experiment where mechanical tools happen to be the output devices, but this is a people thing. Oh, big time. And that's, we have always pride ourselves in having great people. But sometimes not only having great pe- great people isn't always the solution. It's great people that work together well. That's the solution. Um, you know, and and I think that that's where we're at now. Um, you know, we, we just have a phenomenal group of mechanics. The engineering corps is doing an awesome job. We have a lot of youth in the program, which is key, because um, I think we can all recognize that sometimes racing – and those who work in racing isn't the youngest of, of groups typically. So we, we do have a lot of youth that's, uh, that's come to our program. And so, no, everything's going well. Talking about youth here, got Peter Santi and also our friend from Holland, Peter Nutt. Uh, both congratulate you about your mustache, by the way. Um, oh, thank you. Curious about the three-car team aspect last weekend, and we know at least at present, we're only expected for RLL to go back to three cars uh, again at the month of May. But both curious about the benefit, whether you think in the future being three full-time uh, expansion type stuff would help as we see Ganassi go into three, Andretti's up to five now. Uh, curious if you think adding one more car and a quality car would be beneficial to the team, or do you like well, the you idea just, of two? You said it. You, you just said it, right? Quality. Quality. That's the key. We, we need a car that is like last week. Spencer did a great job as a third. Feedback was really good. And that's the key. You know, we've, we've been in positions before where, you know, the, the other car, you know, was not adding to the equation. And when the other car doesn't add to the equation, it just does nothing but breeds problems. So, you know, I think that you, you said it for yourself right there is that, you know, I think, uh, uh we, we'd like to expand, but, but we need, we, we just got to keep that, the focus on, you know, performance and cohesiveness needs to continue. That's uh, for sure. That is the biggest key. Speaking of cohesiveness, did you see your old man posting on good old social media, chowing down SpaghettiOs? You want to talk about swallowing a bowling ball, my man. I don't, but I don't know, you know, he, he's lived long enough where I, is this a part where you just go, yeah, dad, wake up and eat uh, SpaghettiOs and, uh, drink Mountain Dew and just live your best life. Uh, what, how's the old man doing? I felt bad for him because (laughs) that was my fault. I was supposed to come up and, and be with him. Courtney and I were going to go up and be with him at, at his, at his barn in Autobahn, Chicago area. And we bailed last minute, and so he resorted to SpaghettiOs. So I, I feel actually we had, we had very, we had a very nice dinner that evening with my good friend Maxwell Chilton and his wife Chloe. And Max texted me after, and he's like, "I feel really guilty. <laughs> we just, we just had that nice meal, and your dad said they're eating SpaghettiOs." 
So I think he was pretty bored, yeah. but it's all good. I just, and everyone loved the photo that he sent out because he is wearing a Rolex holding a can of SpaghettiOs. Like, that, I know. That just shows life never predictable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, you know, sometimes we can be pretty simple too, you know? For sure. Look, if you can't enjoy a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, even if you got trillions in the bank, there's something oh, wrong man. with you. Exactly. Let's, One of life's greatest gifts. Let's uh, let's go to a little bit more serious topic than SpaghettiOs. This comes in from uh, our friend Richard Hinshaw, asking about the new program that IndyCar announced about a half hour before the GMR Grand Prix, the uh, Race for Equality and Change initiative. Richard says, I'd love to hear your thoughts. And maybe reflections on this is athletes, well, organizations, and corporations, you know, seem to be all be weighing in and, and wanting to be a part of, of making a change. What do you think about this? He asks, do you think, uh, this is something drivers could proactively assist in and help yeah. make it positive? Yeah, I think that we can. I, I have, it's interesting before all of this really I don't know what the right term is. You got to be very careful in what you say nowadays, but before this all kind of came to light in the very, in the political manner that it is today, there's a gentleman who's a customer of my performance facility and he and I met, his name is John. He and I met, uh, he is an African American guy and he and I met about trying to work together to get minority, uh, youth, into racing and you know so this is already something that had started one of the guys uh that has really led this is big q on on uh, will powers team right so in washington quentin, quentin quentin you know played at uh at that school up north of ohio that loses to the buckeyes all the time and then <laughs> he went from there and obviously went and got a job at penske and he's probably the best fueler in the series uh and so you know, he and I have discussed this a lot too. Um, and John and I discussed like, how do we, how do we do this? Like, how do we get, uh, you know, minority African American in particular, right? Because there is a lot of Hispanic interest in racing. And I know obviously if you're looking at Asian and everything else, huge influence in racing. So really it's, it's, it's African American interest. How do we spike the interest and spark the interest, I should say in racing? Um, and so John and I have kind of been brainstorming. I think it's a great thing, you know, what IndyCar is doing, obviously NASCAR has got their big push, which has been clearly seen all over the world. Um, you know, Lewis Hamilton's really, you know, pushing it over overseas, uh, rightfully so. So I think it's something that needs addressed. I think it's a perfect fit for today's racing environment which i just mentioned before is we need youth anyway and there's a lot of very bright minds that just need an opportunity to come and work in racing and learn in racing and grow i use adam colazar and my team as an example adam i don't even know if adam went to college truthfully uh adam started as a mechanic at our organization was a bright guy who pushed himself and chat. He's not, he, he's, he's Caucasian. So to start, but my, my, my point of this is just his development and what we can do with kids who maybe even haven't had the opportunity in life that others have. Adam has worked his way up to be my assistant engineer now. And 
six, seven years ago, Adam was, was, was a mechanic, but started to push himself, push the envelope, learning electronics, started to do, uh, you know, parts design on the side, then bought a 3d printer on his own and started to learn how to do 3d printing. Now we have, you know, sponsorship and, and 3d printing and everything else. And he's, he's our guy. And so the point is, you know, you don't necessarily need college education to go and, and have a successful career in racing. If you do, that's a benefit, that's a benefit clearly, but, and, you know, and, and, and maybe kids who haven't had the opportunities, um, inner city, things like that, particularly in Indianapolis is a great opportunity to go out, get a job in racing and, uh, and to learn your way to the top. And there shouldn't be any, you know, limitations, uh, no discrimination, nothing, you know, give them an opportunity. If they come, they work hard. Uh, they can, they can find their way at the very top of the heap. So hopefully, uh, we can all follow through with that. Would also add in noting that you are married to a certified ass kicker that unless Pippa is able to find the sponsorship and a team to make the field this year at Indy, we are looking at the prospect of going into the first Indy 500 in quite a while without a woman on the grid. We have no women uh, in a part-time or full-time capacity outside the 500. So in addition to increasing uh, African-American participation across all aspects, as you mentioned, that being a goal and something you are already pursuing, uh, I bet you there uh, a certain yeah. Mrs. Force could uh, lend some great wisdom and insights on how to expand that to include women, women as well. Women, for sure. No, women's key. You know, we've tried. We, we, we do try. We've tried very hard. Obviously, there's engineer, female engineers and stuff in the sport, yes. Right now, we are lacking, you know, driver, female drivers, for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, clearly, uh, we, we've seen a lot of very successful women in the sport that are very good at what they do. Um, you know, and so that, that is a key area of growth for, for us, too. Um, there's no doubt about it. Let's go to just uh, Justin. Good Lord. Sorry. Reading Justin Stinson. Who's the next, next question. Let's go to Tom Blackburn. This is Graham. Since road America's returned to the IndyCar calendar, you have not finished worse than eighth. Curious. Is there something that just works well for you or the team there? So you're always competitive. And he also mentions, yeah. which I thought was great. I just returned back from an army deployment overseas and really appreciate your support for the troops. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, I'm glad he's, he's back and, and, uh, obviously we appreciate his service. Um, the troops turns for troops, soldier strong. Our initiative is a huge area of focus for us. Uh, believe me when I say that each and every race, when we finish, I have the laps that I've completed in mind. Um, and I know the, the dollars that we raise, for the military. So that's really, really, really important to us. So, um, we're, we're, we're proud to, to be able to, uh, to do that. Road America, uh, I think has just been, it's, a, it's just got good, good vibes for our family. My grandfather raced here for many years. My father, you know, my, my grandmother and, you know, my mom and my siblings and my cousins and my uncle and, everybody uh have always come to road america and it's just a place that we love and so it's always had good vibes um 
we've performed well there because of that. I think a little bit just, you know, because we, we feel that, uh, it's a very comfortable place for us to, to be. But I also think that, you know, the track really suits my style, really high speed kind of ballsy corners. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's the type of thing that I love. So, uh, you know, we've ever, we've always done pretty decent there, but obviously we like to be able to, we've had a couple of podiums here, but we'd like to be able to get on the top step. I think the message quit farting around, just go win podium, whatever. (laughs) Um, couple, couple of questions here on a topic that I know you love. I always love this. These that come in every time you visit Graham and it's about Graham Ray hall performance. There's always some cool stuff you're doing. Uh, Justin Stinson says he's interested to hear you expound on that business venture. Uh, how do you like owning the business, hosting cars and coffee? Uh, curious if there's an official business partnership with Porsche that could bleed over into the racing world at some point. Uh, Adam Kapiski asks about whether during the quarantine, how did daily activity change at uh, GRP? Yeah. And Dave Heisen asks, so says, first of all, I saw your purple Ford GT at Barrett Jackson, um, asks if you have any new projects coming. So a lot of folks want to know about this, uh, the 24th yeah. thing you do in addition to driving a race car. Yeah. I mean, GRP has been great. We had our greatest month on record last month. Um, wow. We'll, we, we will, we'll beat that this month. Uh, you know, we built GRP from a tiny little company. Uh, and, and I only say this just because I'm proud, not because, you know, it matters, but we built it from a tiny little company with no people that, that lost money, you know, for the first two years to, to a company this year that, that will probably be a 70 to $80 million gross revenue company. Good Lord. Um, to think of where so you we, came from, starting with oh, uh, Connor Daly's broke down Subaru to where no you are clue, now. Man. <laughs> you have no clue. The, the growth has been tremendous. Obviously, a lot of that is thanks to you know great clients and and obviously our employees. I always tell everybody the key to successful business is is your people. And you know we've got great people who are dedicated who love what we do, and obviously that's helped us. But you know GRP has been good. Um, you know, as far as like projects and stuff, you know, we've really been focusing a lot on the vehicle sales, the parts and service side, the installation, uh, daily maintenance service and stuff has been pretty busy for us. You know, through all of quarantine and everything, we we're lucky to stay open as an essential business because we're a repair shop uh, and auto service shop. So we were lucky if we weren't able to stay open. I could tell you right now we'd be out of business. We would be closed. Uh, but when we we're able to stay open, uh, it was actually very busy and. Uh, contrary to what, for whatever reason, sometimes the news wants you to believe the economy is booming right now, which is weird, but it is. And the last two months consecutively have been, you know, huge, huge, huge months for us. And so we're going to continue to try to grow this thing. And, you know, it'd been, been, like I said, been, been very fortunate, very thankful uh, for that because it took a lot out of me for quite a while it took all i had for sure but as far as certain projects the acura rdx a spec the rdx is still a huge platform for us of actual parts that we manufacture start to finish and that entire platform the porsche stuff is really critical civic type r's are really huge for what we do and lately particularly audi volkswagen and mercedes when it comes to i know i'm listing a lot of brands but when it comes to basic plug and play tuning exhaust system stuff like that 
those that product line has been huge for us so that's uh that's that's pretty good well i can tell you that if the specialized motor racing media continues heading in the direction it is where advertisers are pulling out and there's no money uh hopefully I, you can tell me where to submit an application as an old uh, sob in British car mechanic. Maybe, I don't know, you can throw me a, a bone in the back there like washing cars or something. Yeah, uh, we'll take you anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the shop dog. A couple more here, to, and then we're uh, going to let you back to your day. Uh, got one here from Brett Ross. Says, Graham, if you were to co-drive in a race with the old man, curious about what car and what fantasy track you would pick well i'd like to do a spa or something like that and i'd probably say if i could co-drive with him in one car i'd probably say uh i certainly i certainly would love to have driven like a porsche 962 i knew you were gonna say that i love it well because you know everybody that ever drove one said it was the greatest car they ever drove so i just like to know what is it you know problem is i'm tall so i'm not sure it would work great for me but uh yeah that'd be pretty pretty awesome got one here from uh reich reich ah good lord mike romanecki here says graham just like you i grew up near columbus and have since moved away he asks what central ohio thing do you miss most now from your childhood he says for me it's donato's pizza and graters ice cream yeah, Grater's ice cream would be number one. Fortunately, Grater's ice cream has grown, uh, so now you can get Grater's in other areas. My wife and I are definitely massive Grater's ice cream fans. Um, I, you know, certainly what I miss is the vibe of, of Saturday game days for Ohio State. I mean, I do go back frequently, but those were special moments. You wake up in the morning you go out to breakfast somewhere and it's just packed with people wearing scarlet and gray. And, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just a fun environment. It's like May and Indy, you know, around the Indy 500, just everybody's into it. And it is really, really, really cool. The atmosphere that it breeds, you don't even have to be close to downtown, but if you're just in central Ohio, you, you know, you get that feeling. And I, I definitely miss that. Let's get to where are we going to go here? All right, we got one theme on mustaches. That's where we're going to close the episode. And then I'm going to ask you one more after we're done recording here that's totally unrelated. We got Eric Harkrader, Tony Blackburn, Jeremy Bullard. First of all, Jeremy says, Graham, you need to not shave that mustache until after the 500. Tony Blackburn asks, if you win the Indy 500 wearing the Bob stash, do you keep it forever? Uh, and then... Eric opens talking about, first of all, don't antagonize your wife. She might kill you. Um, curious if you think the quality of your mustache will ever match your father's. A lot of stash stuff here, man. You got a fan. There's something yeah. on your face people like. We know that for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I would say that the stash is probably not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, but. I don't think I'll keep it forever. Uh, this entire podcast, I've been sitting here kind of itching at my face because it feels <laughs> so weird to me. But, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to go anywhere anytime soon. But we'll see what kind of luck it it provides me for sure. 
I met my wife in 2002 with a smaller, more compact version of the beard and mustache or whatever that I have. She's never seen me without one. So first of all, she fell in love with me with it, which probably doesn't speak to her quality of choice. But uh, one of these days, I have to surprise her by getting this thing off my face. So I hear you, brother. Yeah, for sure. Let for me. Sure. But I, it's been kind of fun. And will it get to dad's quality? No. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't grow facial hair very well, and I accept that. So. I was going to uh, say, let me just tell you, don't ever try and measure up to the Bob stash. I saw that thing when it was in action uh, back in the day. And I mean, it, it had agency. It had, I mean, there was, it, it almost deserved its own social security number, Graham. So don't, don't, you don't <laughs> yeah. have to try and, and <laughs> no, I won't beat it. Just I let that thing. It. Well, thank you, brother. As always, you know, uh, folks love having you on the show just by the quality of the questions that we get. So thanks for making some time here. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Thanks for having me again.